We've been walking through this series of prayer, and that's exactly what we're going to continue to talk about today. There's a, there's a, a, a small scripture, two-word scripture in 2 Thessalonians. Some of you already know it. If, you, if you're trying to memorize scripture, it's a great one for you to memorize. 2 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. There's one for you right there. And not, now, now you have a scripture you memorize, and you don't have to say that you don't know one anymore. But, but we've been talking about prayer, and that's what we want to talk about this morning. We want to talk about pray, praying continually, about praying always. But before we get into the scripture, I want to give, I want to expand it a little bit. I want to read a little bit more of what Paul is saying to the, to the church of Thessalonica, because it is a young church, just for some bearing here. It's a young church, about two, three years old, and, and, and they're, they're just kind of starting off. They got to have a bunch of zeal, and, and God, obviously, obviously, when you get a bunch of people together, you know, things happen. The church said, <laughs> get a bunch of characters together get a bunch of people together it, it happens and so that's what Paul is saying he's addressing the church of Thessalonica here and so let's back up a little bit and let's expand it not just read one scripture but let's expand it a bit so let's start in the second part of 13 let's jump in you ready all right amplified version the bible says this stop it the bible says live in peace with one another I love that right off the bat yes lord how many say yes lord to that all right we earnestly urge you believers admonish those who are out of line the undisciplined the unruly the the disorderly right so we can see here he's talking to the church encourage the timid who lack spiritual courage help the spiritually weak be very patient with everyone always controlling your temper we say yes lord to that so it's good so we see paul here he's 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 specifically talking to the church let's keep going See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek that which is good for one another. Church, right? And for all people. It's expanding it just a little bit. Expanded it just a little bit right there. It's like, yeah, look, listen, we want to do all these things for one another. We want to treat everybody. We want to help each other. We want, we want to be a church that loves each other enough to say, hey, I, I, I noticed this. Can we talk about it? That's a good thing, right? I believe that's a good thing. That's what us as the body of Christ, that's what we should do for one another. We should edify the church. We should, we should use scripture not to bang each other on the head, but to, but to, to, admo- to, to, to lovingly admonish one another and say, hey, hey, come on, man. You're better than this. Let's, come on. Let's, let's, let's get right. Let's get right. And let's, let's keep going. I, I believe in that. I, wanna, I want us to be a, a church that does that because we are one. Amen. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Verse 16, rejoice always and delight in your faith. And here it is, 17, be unceasing and persistent in prayer. One more verse, in every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it shapes us and it molds us. And we yield to it, God. We yield to what you want to say today. Let it not be me, but it be you, Holy Spirit, as you bring conviction, as you bring life to us through your word. In the name of Jesus, we all say amen. You know, I think think there's a bit of a a misconception that, that we all have when it comes to prayer. And I think there's a common misconception that maybe run through a lot of us. Okay, so what, what are they? What, what am I talking about? Well, maybe that, that when we talk talking about prayer, you think, well, you got to be in a certain place. Like, like I pray here at the church. You got to be here. You got you to be in a certain place to pray. Or, or you have to be in a certain position. 
Like you got to be on your knees, your, your hands have to be, you know, something like this or whatever. You know, you have to have your eyes closed. And th- those, are, those are the things that, that, you know, I remember growing up, <laughs> that's what we thought. Like you just, when you pray, the first thing you do is you bow your head and you close your eyes. That's what you did, right? Or, or you could think, man, praying's hard. <laughs> or you could think, man, praying is boring. Like, I, I, just being honest, I just, I, it's hard for me to do. It's, it's just tough. Or that, or that you, maybe in order, in order to pray well, you think, well, you, got, you have to be the right kind. Like, you're a pastor. Like, it's your job. Like, you're supposed to pray. Like, like you're supposed to know how to pray. It's, it's who you are. You have to have this title. You have to have this experience for your prayers to, to you know, to be powerful, to, to, you know, for God to even, God to even pay attention, right? Or because or, you think, because I, I'm not that or because I, I don't, I just, I, I just can't really, I, I can't pray effectively. My prayers really don't affect much. Or, as I mentioned here a bit, like you feel like, like why? God doesn't, God doesn't hear me. And, and maybe you feel that way for a multitude of reasons. Right? And so sometimes when we start talking about prayer, it's almost the same tension that we feel when we started talking about the Holy Ghost the other day. We started talking about the Holy Spirit. And everybody's like, ooh. Like, like no, nobody wants to look at me right now because they're like, oh, my God, he's going to call somebody up to pray. He's going he's gonna to call somebody up to pray. And I don't know there's some people right now that be like, call me pastor. I'll go up there and pray. I'll, I'll go up there. That was me in the audience all the time. I know Mike. Mike's looking at me like, Mike, like I'll go pray, pastor. Just tell me. And some of you are like, oh, my God. No, no, no. We're not. It's not no, I'm not going to do that. It's just going to be me up here today. Don't worry about it. Relax, everybody. It's all good. Right? Okay, so back to the misconceptions, right? Because the scripture does tell us about a few of these things. And maybe we can clear some of this stuff up right here, right now, today. So you, the, the, the idea that you have to be a, in a certain place or a certain position or you have, to, you have to be in a certain way in order to pray. But the, the Bible speaks about praying in, in a bunch of different ways. It talks about standing and praying in Genesis 24, 12 through 14. It talks about lifting our hands in 1 Timothy 2, verse 8. It talks about sitting, Judges 20, 26. It talks about kneeling, Mark 1, 40. It talks about looking upward in John 17, 1. It talks about bowing down, Exodus 34, 8. It talks about pay, uh, placing our heads between our knees and praying in 1 Kings 18, 42. It says, it says there's another, another verse that talks about us pounding our chest as we pray, Luke 18. And so in Daniel, it talks about facing the temple. So there's all kinds of ways and positions to pray. There is no one way, one position well, what about this idea that it's hard, that it's, it's boring? Well, look at what Ephesians says. Ephesians 1.18 says this, And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That don't sound boring. I'm like, yes, Lord, I'll take all of the riches that you have for me. I, t- I want you to fill me with hope. I want to have life. I want to walk around smiling and full of hope and be like, hey, it don't matter what's happening. God is on my side, and I'm going to just keep my eyes on him, and God is going to walk me through all these things that I'm walking through because that's who he is. That's the hope that he's talking about. Don't you want some of that? Man, I want more of that. If you don't want it, I'll take mine, and I'll take yours too. It's okay. <laughs> Well, what about, what about that you have to be the right kind of person? Like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're a pastor, you know what I mean? You got, you got the red line. You got the direct line to the Lord. It don't work that way. <laughs> so that you may have, right? So Matthew 6, 17, 6, 7, and we're actually going to talk about this here a little bit later. Is He actually talks about that. 
And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Proverbs 15, 8 says, The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. You don't have to be a certain person. You be you. God has made you to be you. You just got to come before him. Amen? What about this premise, this idea that God doesn't hear me? God, I don't, I mean, it's, it's me. Like, Pastor, you know what I, if you know what I've, what I've done, God ain't going to try to hear me. No, that's not true. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 12, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Job 22 says, you will pray to him and he will hear you. Psalms 102 says, he will respond to the prayers of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Church, God hears you. Church, God sees you. Church, God wants to know you. Church, God wants to hear from you. I hope this encourages you a bit today. I hope that, 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 that there, there's, there's a little bit, we've pushed back a little bit of that, of that misconception. But I believe that there is, there is one. There is one belief that has the potential to negate all of these things that you may be wrestling with today. And that's the belief that it doesn't work. You have, you have no faith in prayer. Whether because you've, you've never tried it or because you, your experience is that your prayers fall on deaf ears. Listen, pastor, I've prayed. I've prayed before. I've prayed for things before and, and nothing happens. Just like that. I pray and this is what I hear back. I pray and this is what, this is what comes back to me. Nothing. And I, as I've been known to do, I, I want to challenge that. That, that your position today, I want to challenge that premise, that belief. Is it that, is it that nothing happened or what happened wasn't what you wanted? And to that statement, I, I stand right with you. I stand there right alongside of you. I understand completely. I had a, there was a moment in my life where I, I, I've always believed in prayer, and I, and I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the authority that God has given us. There was a moment in my life where the, the church that we came from, a really good friend of ours, his name was Joe Garcia, and we had, had some great times together. And long story short, Joe ended up finding out he had cancer. And so, man, we went to battle. We started to pray. And listen, let me, let, me, let me set this first. The name of Jesus is above everything, every disease, every infirmity, every, every sickness, every situation. But we, man, we started praying because we believe that. We started praying for Joe. God, you can heal him. God, I believe that there is nothing impossible for you. There is nothing outside of the realm of your ability. Nothing, God, that you have more ability than what I can even understand and fathom. Those kind of prayers. I prayed with him. I prayed at home. I prayed in my car. I prayed with Christina. We prayed together with the family. We prayed at church. We prayed everywhere asking God to perform a miracle and to do what only he could do. And after all of that, I remember, I remember being in the hospital as Joe was withering away. And my faith 
was, was still strong and still confirming, Lord, it doesn't matter. As long as we have breath in our lungs, you are able. You can do it, God. And I remember that night kneeling by his bed as he took his last breath. And the Lord took him. And the, the, the battle started to happen in my heart. And, and, I, and I, I thought it, and I was praying it, and I think I even uttered it, uttered it verbally. God, this is not what was supposed to happen. This is, this is not what I was praying for. This, this, is, not what the, this is not how it was going to go. He was going to raise up. He was going to be healed. He was going to have a testimony. Many people were going to come to you because of this, God. What, what? I, re- I remember dealing with it. I remember wrestling with that. I remember that. I think C.S. Lewis says it the best. He succinctly says, prayer doesn't change God. It changes me. But isn't, isn't that what we see throughout Scripture, right? David, David praying over and over in the Psalms about how, how the time he spends with the Lord, it strengthens him, it renews him, it restores him. Like, like we see scripture, right? like you, you want to see a, you want to see a, a minister or a prophet that, that struggles with the church and praying for people. Just crack, crack Jeremiah open. Just read a couple, cha- read a couple chapters of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. I'm telling you, you read a couple chapters of that, you'll be encouraged. You, you, <laughs> you, you'll be like, man, if that's what that dude was going through, I, I can, I can pray a little bit. I understand now. I understand that it wasn't that my prayers fell on deaf ears. That wasn't the case. But that possibly my prayers were for the sustaining of the family. My prayers were for the sustaining of even my faith. I understand now that my prayers for Joe, they were answered. They got answered. Just not in the way I planned them to be. (laughs) It It was just not my plan. It was God's plan. And that's what we have to understand. We have to always surrender. As we pray and believe, God will intervene on our behalf. We believe that, and he is willing, and he is ready, and as he does. And he does intervene on our behalf. But just as Jesus did, we have to submit every one of our prayers to the Father's will. We have to submit our prayers to him. And that means the outcome of whatever we're praying for, whatever you've asked of him, is not in our hands. It's in God's hands. We give it to him. We trust him with it. But there's, there's, there's a bit of a caveat here. Because, listen, if the only prayers that we send up are Gethsemane prayers, you know, you know what I mean? Fire extinguisher prayers. Like when, Lord, the prayers that start and finish with, Lord, if you don't do this, I don't know what's going to happen, God. Oh, God, you got to help me, Lord. Like, if those are the only prayers that we're sending up, then how could we not expect a frustrated, a life of frustration in our prayer life? And if, and church, if we're not praying at all, maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why we have a frustrated life in general. Because prayer is so powerful. It does so much. I, I was talking to, to Shana this week about this, and we were just kind of discussing it a little bit, and I love this little thing. She said, she said that her, her professor would always tell her, hey, don't pray the prayer of an unprepared student. It goes like this. Lord, give me the knowledge of things that I don't know, even though I should know them. That's Shana Torres, everybody, from her, her college professor. No, that, that, that doesn't work. But even, even as God, 
He is the good father. He's waiting. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for the moments that we turn to him. He's waiting for the moments that we invite him in to the things, the happenings of our lives. But we often exclude him because we just believe that he doesn't care. Or we, excuse me, we believe that, he, that we're not worthy enough to have a conversation with him. Or we believe that he's going to hold us. He's going he's to bring all the, the dirty laundry up of our past. We have all these, these premises. But listen, this is what he says. Look, look at Isaiah 65. The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call my name. He does care, but he doesn't want just a portion of you. He wants all of you. He wants every part of you. Britt Hancock, he says this. He says, when you say yes to Jesus, you get access to everything that he has to offer you. He holds nothing back from you. The only question is, how much does he get of you? It's like, it's like being, being, a groom, being a groom in a wedding, and you go through the entire day, and then you skip the, you skip the honeymoon. It's like you're missing the best part. All the, the married couples of the church say amen. amen. <laughs> you missed the best part. Starting a relationship with Jesus, it's just the beginning and prayer is the vehicle in which we get to know God more personally. Through our prayer life, we get to know the creator of heaven and earth. We get to know the one who sets everything into motion by the word that he speaks. We have the opportunity to go before the king of kings and the Lord of lords at any moment of the day. And we miss that. We miss the, the grandeur of it. We miss, we miss the, the amazement of it. We miss it all. Because, because we, we can't be disciplined enough to just do it, to just step into it. Even, even if it's just for five minutes, three minutes, two minutes, to just do it. Psalms 114.2 says this. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Prayer is what builds a hunger for his word and the boldness and courage to share it. A.W. Tozer, in The Pursuit of God, he said this, I want deliberately to encourage this mighty longing after God. The lack of it has brought us to our present low estate. The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our lack of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. Too bad that with many of us, he waits so long, so very long in vain. Prayer is like, it's like working out. It's or, like, or like eating broccoli. It's, it's good for you. It is good for you, but few of us do it. Again, 1 Thessalonians says this, live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, 
Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage and encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. that, That last part, we have to get it today, church. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in in Christ Jesus. I think those things are symbiotic. I think those things work together when we rejoice always and we pray continually. It doesn't matter what we face or what we're walking through. We're walking through. We can understand that Christ is going before us. Because even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear anything He is our rod. He is our comfort. He is our strength. He is our refuge. So I just want to share a little bit of uh, some wisdom that that I've learned over the years. And and quite honestly, Pete Gregg says it most succinctly and best and and clearly in his book, in his book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. So I'm going to to use his his information here as, as our basis just to help you succinctly say it and get it as simply as possible. He says when it comes to prayer, he says do three things. Pray, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. So we're just going to keep it simple. When it comes to prayer, we're just going to keep it simple. As we mentioned before, Jesus actually warns about complicating it so much by, 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 by making prayer harder, right? Everyone feeling the conviction to, to pray eloquently? Hey, take a deep breath. Sigh of relief. That's not a requirement. All my religious people in the room, just keep smiling. It's okay. Jesus loves you. It's all right. <laughs> Glad you're here. Love you. So I want to read the, I want to read the passage this time in, in the message version, translated by here by Eugene Peterson. It says this, Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. And when you come before God, don't turn, into, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits In a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there and simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his presence. You should take some time to read the rest of that this week. Read the rest of that that passage of scripture how Eugene Peterson translate what God is saying, what Jesus is saying, what, what he's speaking here to his disciples. Man, just keep it simple. There's no need for it. Prayer is the, is the mysterious connection between what God is, what God does, and what we are going to yield to, what he's going to do through us. You can pray anywhere. You can pray in your car. You can pray in your cubicle. You can pray in your bathroom. You can pray as you walk through your job site. You can pray as you walk down the hallways of your, of your job. You can sing your prayer. You can rap your prayer. You can speak your prayer out as a poem. You know, you can hum. You can, you can moan. You can groan. You can, you can scream. That's a prayer. We, we, we talked about how, how the Holy Spirit uses our groans and our aches to communicate what we cannot to God. There's, 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 those aren't limits to what we can do 
It's, it's, let, take, those, take the limits off of prayer and just step into it and let God begin to work in that communication that he so longs for, that he's waiting for, church. I just want you to pray continually. I just want you to pray. So let's just keep it simple. It's not complicated. Let's keep it real. It's interesting that so many, so many of us feel like we can't be honest with God. Like that we have to put on some sort of religious front. We got to clean up our prayers. But I think that, that when, we, when, we're, when we're being painfully honest and uncensored before God, that you actually begin to grow closer to God than before. God's not afraid of your emotions. He's, he's not afraid of your heartache. He, he, he's not, he doesn't lean back when you begin to be honest with God. He actually, he leans in. It's just the relational truth that isn't nullified just because he's God. When we, when we come before him and, God, I'm so, I'm so mad, I'm so frustrated. God, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm angry. I'm at the end of my rope. God, I'm at my wit's end. God, I'm, I'm mad at you right now. God, I don't understand what's happening. God, why? God is bigger than any why we could ever ask. We should never hinder, we should never hold back because we think God is going to be offended. He's not going to be offended. He wants to hear from you. When would you ever turn away your child? When would you ever turn somebody that is needed and in lack away? But sometimes we, put, we supersede this premise, this idea on our prayers to God. Man, God wants to hear from you. I feel this stirring in my heart that, that God just wants to hear from us. And I miss it too, church. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm, I'm jumping in with you. Let's pray more. Let's, pray, let's, let's just be honest and real with God. Let's just, let's just tell him what we feel. Finally for today, let's just keep it up. Let's continue to pray. Let's be steadfast. Let's, let's have some kind of steadiness to, in our prayers. Luke 18.1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Why, why do, Pastor, why do, why do we need to pray continually? Because life is hard. Because you know what happens. Because life is real. Because people let you down. Because people hurt you. That's, that's, that's a reality that we live in. And God is steady. God is eternal. God is everlasting. God is consistent. God cares for you and he loves you so deeply. He wants the absolute best for you. And what he wants is to have a conversation with you to help you walk this life, to help you with the decisions that are coming, to help you with the decisions that you're wrestling with. That's what he longs for. The God who there is nothing impossible for longs for the moments that we just stop. And we just say, God, I love you so much and I'm just so grateful for you. But God, I'm frustrated. 
but God, I don't know what's happening. God, I don't know what to do. But God, I think I made a, I think I made a mistake. I think I, I made the wrong decision. And God's like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm here. This is how we're going to fix it. I'm with you. I'm not left. I'm not left you. I'm right here. It's easy to give up. The resistance is real. Through these last 40 days of prayer, I've had many times where I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I'm done. I don't want to fast this thing no more. I'm tired. I've had those, those temptations, but I'm like, God, you've got you to give me the strength because if I'm doing this just for me, I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop. This is what I want you to hear before we worship here. You will never know the joy, the blessings, and the strength that await you on the other side if you're not willing to sacrifice the temporary that's right in front of you. So we worship and we pray together this morning. Prayer team is gonna be around. They'll be here in the front, they'll be on the side. They're gonna, they're gonna just kind of spread out. And there's some of you that are, that are right now, you're like, man, everything is great. I love that. Hey, you know what? <laughs> you want you, go, go, up to the prayer, go up to a prayer team member and say, hey, I just, wanna, I just want you to rejoice with me because God is good. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'll tell you what, all the, all the prayer team will be like, oh, I'll welcome that prayer. I'll, I wanna, I'll definitely pray with that. But there's some here that aren't. You're, there's, a, there's maybe some things that are happening in your, in your life and you're struggling with this or that, whatever it is. Don't let this opportunity pass you by to have somebody pray with you, to have somebody join in with you and agree that God is greater and that God is good. Would you stand with me as we go back into worship? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, I, I bind anything that would hinder us from walking into your light and your love. I bind doubt and fear. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, let us be free as your children. In the name of Jesus, we pray.